What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 31 of the Jadacast podcast. You know, so we thought that uh, it would be nice to change up the uh, scenery a little bit. So we're here in our beautiful <laughs> scenic like, warehouse. and um, It is scenic. Yeah. It, it is pretty scenic. It's pretty you know? nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I would compare nice. it to like a small version of Costco. That's like like how big our warehouse is. Yeah. It's fair. I can say that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even a small version of like a Walmart superstore, maybe. Because mm. this may be a Target. <laughs> it didn't have the ambiance of a Target. No. I was just there last night. I love Target. <laughs> Target's yeah. cool, man. I Well, you know what? I was about to say something, but uh, as a B2B company, we work with a lot of people. So let me not, well, let me not say anything mean. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so here we are. I'm Jordan. I'm Mike. I'm Daryl. And uh, so we have, have a few topics today that we would like to get going on. Um, so as some of you are familiar, um, you know, so Jada Toys is celebrating its 20th year anniversary. Yes, 20 year, years. 20 years in the game. And um, we have a very special lineup of cars that we're releasing to highlight our our, our 20 years. And... Um, we're going to go through our first wave of those cars. So for wave one of our 20th anniversary, um, you know, I don't know if you guys can can see them on the floor here, but uh, we got, what what do we have? We, yeah. have? we got four brands. So we got, it's so option D with yep. a 370Z. Well, Custom Kings. 350Z. Oh, excuse me, 350Z. I always get those two mixed up. And everyone knows knows right now how much that that I hate. Well, 350, 370Z drivers. That's my car. <laughs> Yo, this guy is like always on Facebook now. On like, well, what s- section of Facebook is it? Where like you're able marketplace? To buy, yeah, like the, the marketplace. Rabbit hole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and oh. and and he's just browsing these piece three seven three fifty Z's, three seventy Z's. Respect the Z, dude. Respect the Z and what it's done for what you're what what you love. You, well, you see, same family. Yes, but you know, if it see the Z is kind of like the extended family for me. You know, the GTR is more so the bloodline that I fall from. Nice. Wow. Same same brand. <laughs> I'm same being brand. super elitist right now. <laughs> you you kind of are. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> the GTR is my big brother. <laughs> the Z is just my distant cousin. <laughs> but anyways, so we have a 350Z. Yep. We have a 64 Impala from our street low line. Um, from Hero Patrol, we have a... Tahoe? Chevy Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I forget. Uh, which year is the Chevy Tahoe? Oh, it's like a... 08, something like that? 08 Chevy Tahoe. Around there. I forget which one it is. And last but certainly not not least, we have from, from our brand, well, Custom Kings. And this is a... Help me out here, Mike. <laughs> tow truck tow yep. truck it's a chevy tow truck a chevy tow truck well nothing special but so we found a way to make it look special well it is special because that yeah that chevy tow truck is uh uh the first casting that we did that was uh in this i don't know how, how what's the word it was like actually our very first casting 
um, that we actually made. Uh, a lot of people think that it's the Chevy Astro van, but uh, from the Dub City line. But that was the first custom vehicle that we did. But this uh, this step side, or not the step side, but originally it was a step side, but it's now it's a, a tow truck. When we did this tow truck, it was in stock form, and that was one of the first diecast Jada toys was made. So that's why we uh, are commemorating it in the 20th anniversary. Hmm. We put the little Jada flare to every single one. Yep. And so, what inspired? And so, what inspired the style of all of these brands? Well, the style came from the the guys who originally started, uh, you know, building these or designing these cars for Jada Toys. Mm-hmm. Like all these guys from the past uh, are, you know, that 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 look and that feel. Uh, we try to keep that going throughout the line as I much see. as possible. Yeah. So, you know, it's those guys that paved the way for Jada Toys and that Jada style. Uh, is and, and that's what we're trying to keep up with, uh, you know, our design team here now today. And actually, say who is one of our designers now is part of that original group. Yeah. So you know, it's not too far off. Yeah, he's OG, OG. Yep. Yeah, and 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 but you know, especially with with the titles of what these these brands are, you know, you're you're sort of able to get a gauge on on the style of car that you will get from each brand, mm-hmm. but. But and so my question is, and so what inspired you guys guys to maybe um, choose these these particular cars for that particular brand? Um, well, like to represent our twentieth. Uh, it's it's kind of hard because when you have like a f- we're we're trying to represent twenty different brands that Jada has uh, gone through throughout the years, and we don't want to duplicate, but we want a car that represents that brand wholly and 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 uh, and honestly. Um, so you know, of course, the the street low line. Is uh oh no sorry not streets so custom kings the custom kings line actually came from like the the innovators of that custom look like uh, George Barris those type of people um you know we had the kind of look and and it you know it's sort of a, it's it stems from Hot Rod mm-hmm. um, but it's just like this cool cruiser type vehicle and um and one, the way we wanted to commemorate it is with our first casting so that's why it's in the first wave uh, with the with the street low. With the Impala, I mean, come on, it's an Impala. Yeah, you can still see these cars rolling down Whittier Boulevard uh, here in California. Um, and then the pinstriping and everything is, is classic street low style. Gangster. Yeah. Uh, and then Option D is a Z, enough said. Yeah. <laughs> so Daryl, tell us about about why why we went with the 350Z for Option D, since you love it so much. Enough said, dude. <laughs> It was one of the headliners in that line. Mm-hmm. 350Z is an iconic tuner car. It's sporting the Veilside wide body kit. It's got the little Jada flair to it. I mean, I love everything about it. Personally speaking, Mike can <laughs> speak to the design elements. Oh, yeah. Well, the design elements are, are, you know, Option D was the offshoot of Import Racer. Import Racer was an originally uh, was originally a magazine that uh, we partnered up with to, uh, you know, when we brought out this this import line of diecast vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so option D was our version of when drifts first started coming into fashion out here. Uh, I think we were a little early with the the drift style, but I think it's, uh, you know, right now it's actually hitting really big and, and it's lasting because I mean, how long has drift been going on now? I mean, it, it's, it's had a, a steady growth for man. I want to say Over 10 years, I think more than that. Yeah. I want to say even like At least 15, 20, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, ever since just like out here, at least before it was just drag racing, and then it went into drifting and 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 more motocross type stuff. But the drift scene has just started, you know, kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Yeah, 
I mean, so much so that like what Formula D is going taking it overseas now, from what I hear. Yeah. All over um, the world. All, yeah, it's crazy. All over the world. Yeah. And but you know what? I give perfect give a, drift car, by the way. I was just about to say, you know, <laughs> I give a lot of crap to to Z drivers, especially when especially when when they're in my rear view mirror. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) The world hasn't heard what I would love to do to a Z. Tell us. Story for another time. You know what? He'll probably show up next week with one. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, but as much crap as I talk about Zs, I will will acknowledge that they have been, been... the driving force in in the tuna world and making it more and more popular here stateside and yeah it's done a lot well me and daryl have been talking about it like a little bit here and there and uh we think it's like just the other day actually yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, we it's i think well we both think this is like the ultimate project car that you you can pick up pretty inexpensive and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it and not have to spend a ton of money because there's a ton of parts use this car is you know you can you can get it pretty cheap here these days because there's so many of them out there yeah so i I, it's i i expect to see a lot more of them on the street so what exactly well made this car so why is this car on the pinnacle as opposed to maybe you know well like other cars from from that same time frame that that you know that what could have been in its position, you know, like, you know, I mean, S15 or R34 or so-and-so. I don't know. For me, I, I kind of just view it as like, a, I mean, it's got a pretty nice heritage to it. But when you think about cars that really cemented their own legacy in a way, like the GT, the way the GTR did, right? Or maybe even, I, I think that the Zs in particular just have like a certain following to them. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I didn't grow up in the the time of the 240, 280Zs, the classic Datsuns. Yeah. But I can look back and definitely appreciate them. I grew up with the 350Z, which is why I feel like I have such a affinity for that car. 350Z and G35. And then as you both know, I, I ended up owning a G37, which is from that same VQ platform anyway. Yeah. Um, at the time, I just felt like the 350Z was just more raw in its sport driving aspect where the G35, G37 was more like the blend of luxury slash sport compact kind of near feel. Yeah. Um, so that's what I personally associate with it and why I, I, I liked it. Plus I had a high school friend that got a G35 for his first car. I was really jealous. So for me, <laughs> it's, it, it's more like uh, when I was growing up, the cars that the, the affordable car was a Civic. So everyone was buying Civics and fixing them up. And when someone had a 370 or 350Z, we were like, well, that's a sports car. That's a true sports car. Yeah, they got and, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't, you know, and like we're young. We didn't have a lot of money. We we're working part time jobs at, you know, a local rest, fast food restaurant trying to, you know, make ends meet and buy the Civic, a used Civic or something. But when someone had a 70, a 370Z or a 350Z, I keep saying 370, he got me on that kick. <laughs> um, it, it was like, wow, that that's that's a, a true sports car. So yeah. now, you know, we're a little older. We have a little more money to, to play with. I think that's one of the cars that people will want to pick up because they couldn't get it when they were younger. Plus, I'm watching Tokyo Drift, and I see DK's like this dude in like a wife beater, and he's like the it guy, and he's got this exact 350Z with the kit. And I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, I want one. <laughs> okay, shameless plug, but uh, so we also have made um, his DK's his three fifty Z. We did. So uh, be sure to go out and try to cop that while it's still there. <laughs> mm. So what yeah. would you guys well do to it in real life as a project car? Uh, I guess we're gonna spill the beans on that. <laughs> well, it's not like like you have done it yet. Yeah. No, I mean yet. my ideal scenario would just to be. It's funny because Mike and I were talking about it the other day to pick one up, salvage title or not, because, I mean, it, it's going to get cut into and all that stuff. I would love to LS swap it, <laughs> for one. So I don't know if the whole rear view mirror thing is going to be a thing after that. <laughs> uh, I'd probably throw a Rocket Bunny kit on it, throw some air suspension on it, put an obnoxious wing in the back, set it on air ride. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sequential shifter inside because I've always wanted one of those. Yeah, those are dope. Strip the interior, full race car, dude. Totally. <laughs> and crazy. so next year, this is probably about to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I got another project to work on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so why do people? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to go back to the 20th anniversary and I want to uh, let people know about this tile that's included in the box yes yeah a lot of historical um play within the 20th line and in addition to like the vehicles that were chosen in design we also made sure to include some different collectible elements mm -hmm. um yeah so like uh you know like along the lines of our hollywood rides where we include either a figure or some kind of collectible piece that goes along or is added into the package uh we're adding a what we're calling a mosaic tile and if you know what a mosaic is, it's pretty much a puzzle that you put together. And what it does is when you get, collect all 20 pieces, the mosaic will make a timeline of all the brands that were throughout the years of uh, Jada's 20 years. So collect them all. Each one has, on one side has the timeline. And if you flip it over, it has the logo of that brand car that you just picked up. Mm. So if you buy the, the, the option D, it has the option D logo there inside of the package with the, the, the vehicle. If you want it just like that, that's cool. But if you want to collect them all, you can cl complete the whole set and make that whole timeline and make it like a little display piece like we have here on the left side. For those that are watching, it's yeah, on for those Jordan's left shoulder. <laughs> yeah, these it's pretty cool on there. 100% die cast. They look really cool when they're all together. It's a, it's a really nice piece especially for you collectors out there. Yeah, super yeah. cool. Uh, the unique thing about them too is those tiles as well as the cars that you find in every single um, offering within the 20th line, they're all finished in a nice like uh, brushed metal finish. Yep. Um, so that's a really cool collector piece right there in of itself. And that's how you can kind of distinguish or differentiate those cars that are in the 20th line um, as opposed to the main line mainline items yeah one of the things that we've started doing uh with not only our vehicles but also our figure line is that when you see a a raw metal piece that's typically either a chase or some kind of limited edition version yeah. uh, so we're trying to keep that theme going with the with this line hmm. yeah so so you're really incentivized to collect all all 20 yeah, i mean you know, because, because if you're one of the super fans yeah i think so i think it'll, it's a, you gotta get two of each you know so when you keep one you keep in the package mm -hmm. and one you can open up and and complete that uh, that little mosaic yeah there's like a collector like completest aspect to this because how are you only gonna rock with like i don't know four tiles yeah i mean you can with all this open space here well yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah. we, we we can do a giveaway for the little the, yeah, display the case and if we you know if we do that and you get it how are you gonna do it with only f complete with four it's kind of like uh you know those those quarters 
the, the, the every state has their yeah, own quarter. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But it makes you want to finish it. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. And so every state has its own quarter. Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> I don't walk around with chump change. Whoa. Oh, is, uh, I'm too good for Z over here. I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. So 20th anniversary. Go out and get that. Um, so on shelf, on shelf now, now, I believe. Yeah. 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 Walmart. Um, exclusively at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Send us your uh, pictures of everything thing that you guys have. And yeah. We'll, I'd like to see like, them. like what they look like. Cause they're supposed to be, uh, you know, displayed pretty nicely over at the Walmart. So if, take a picture, send it over to us. We'd like to see what they look like around the country. Cause out here, they know we're out here. So they kind of try to make it nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for when <laughs> you show up. Yeah. 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 We'll repost to our, uh, our social channel. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. For sure. And, um, and you know, if you collect all of them, probably send you the d- display case here for it. If we have them here, but yeah, yeah. we'll send you something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a cool piece. The display case right here, it's all uh, acrylic. It holds each piece nicely. You can flip it around. So you see either the, the timeline or the other side of just all the collection of the different brands. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, and so and so apart from from us being you know, apart from us being a diecast well company because we're not well just that, so we're actually a full blown well toy company. You know, um, you know what? I, I'm mistaken. I forgot. I, I messed up. The backside, if you complete the oh. the, the timeline, is a, a logo. It's the 20th anniversary logo. So that's what the the mosaic completes. On one side is it's the timeline with every logo of of the twenty cars, or the twenty brands, and then the other side is the twentieth anniversary logo. Yeah. So my bad. So if you only collect four, you're gonna get like a corner of the logo. Yeah. And it'll look really weird. So <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah get Give all. us all your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And so back. Yeah, and so back um, to this, and so um, so you know, a lot of people are actually pretty surprised to find out that we're not just a diecast toy well, company, but we're actually a full blown full toy company, and this is something that that we've been working on for for a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, if you're coming from something that is but your bread and butter, but then you're you're having to acquire a new skill. So what are some of the challenges that you guys guys have faced when it comes to to stepping out of that realm and then well stepping into to a bigger arena, you know, as far as being a full blown well toy company? Hmm. So some of the challenges uh, that you guys I, have I can to speak- face. From from the marketing perspective, I think one of the challenges is that for you're basically talking okay, we're so like our 20 year anniversary, right? So we've been around for 20 years. Maybe <clears throat> the last seven of those years, eight maybe, was us really just kind of getting our foot in the door and then solidifying ourselves as a full fledged toy company that kind of encompasses different categories. Um, and one of the challenges in particular is like when you're so rooted into the diecast collector space, kind of like what you touched upon, that becomes the perception that Jada is just diecast and collector. And so then when you're introducing new uh, brands or new categories, the 
I, I don't know that I would call it backlash or maybe the reception to it from your collector base. It's just, it's not what they're accustomed to. Ooh, yeah. So if, if we pull out like a, hey, check out our Hello Kitty or Disney Junior or, you know, something like, like radio what? control yeah. For, yeah. for preschool, yep. let's say, radio control. They're like, what is this? Jada's lost their way. They like, sold out. Yeah, or like, you know, and then it it's, trickles into kind of talking about how our diecast, how it's affected our diecast execution because either we're not focused on it or what it becomes its own thing. So from um, from a marketing perspective, I think that's pretty. That's been one of the challenges. We're getting there. I mean, we, I think we've done a pretty good job at figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we, then, we've really like brainstormed how we can separate it. So, yeah. I mean, because we've built such a fan base in the diecast realm. Uh, in social media, we don't want to start throwing in all the toy stuff, so we try to kind of keep it separate, separate as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, we want to. I mean, we truly value the community for sure. Oh yeah, um, which is why we, you know, love to engage with it. Which is why we're doing things like this, mm -hmm. right? As another avenue to for them to interact with us um, and and things like that. But also from a licensing perspective, the perception of other companies like entertainment companies that look at us are just like, oh, uh, diecast radio control vehicles, let's keep them in this category. Um, it's, that's, a, that's another challenge too. Yeah, so on the product development side, it's, it's really difficult. Um, but we started a long time ago to start to pave the way for us to become a more of a, of a toy company. Um, I want to say it was right, way back when we did the Halo uh, video game <clears throat> uh, diecast and figures. And this is like the really early precursor to uh, to Hollywood rides, and we did plastic action figures that were once I want to say not not one sixty four scale, maybe one forty third scale, and they were articulated. They were pretty cool, yeah. and that kind of put us on the map. That kind of was a stepping stone for us to get more toyetic type product, um, and that led to our uh, master toy license for for the, um, RoboCop. the RoboCop line, yeah, for the new movie, the new RoboCop movie line. And our product, I think, came out great. They looked awesome. The action figures were, were cool. We did the, you know, your typical six-inch, four-inch yeah. action figure. Or the, the Yeah, the role play. We did a large-scale action figure with light and sound, um, RC, and a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, then that from there, we went started dabbling in, what, girls' products Hello and, and dolls with our, uh, our cutie pop line. So there's a lot of things that we started moving into. Um, but you know what? Our expertise was always diecast. So we kind of always reverted back to diecast when things went, you know, up and down. Because, mm -hmm. you know, where, which way are you going to go? There's two things. When when the economy starts going bad, you either revert to your your uh, what you're comfortable with or you diversify. And we kind of did both a little bit during that time. And, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're still around is because we were able to sustain uh, our our business. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a lot of it had to do with the diversification. But we, we always kept that diecast part of it as uh, as the main thread throughout all our products that we do. Like even with the, uh, our Hollywood rides, everything has that diecast element in it. Uh, yeah. But now we are now that with the acquisition that we touched upon last week, now we're able to spread our wings a little more and, and, and go beyond that. Yeah. And so that is also what kind of an interesting thing thing to keep in balance too is like you know because I've always heard very um, successful for people say it's always a split down well down the middle and so they'll either say hey hey but you need 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 to stick to one thing and master it 
will lock it down and become the best bear, and then which will be be a success. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, but they'll always say too that oh, but you need need to spread out, diversify, gain mm -hmm. gain a lot of skills in other areas, mm -hmm. and then which will be be successful. And so it's kind of like how do you walk that fine line, or how do 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 you know when it's time to walk that fine line or break those rules? It's, it's, it's tough. I know. <clears throat> Um, my, my education background is is graphic design, and I would follow all these you know high end designers, and some of them would have their specific style. And I remember uh, there's one designer, Margot Chase. Uh, she has this really gothic looking style. Everyone, she was hot, white hot at one point. We know with with Charmed and and uh, the interview with a vampire. She was doing all the logos and all that because of her specific style. Because she was she had that style down pat. Um, now that style has kind of gone away and nobody's looking for it. How is she, she, she's not on the top of everyone's mind anymore because she doesn't have that, that's, you know, nobody's looking for that style anymore. Interesting. You know, she did Prince and New Power Generation. I mean, she was doing really high-end projects. And, uh, but now I don't see her doing as much anymore because that, that look isn't, isn't in. So it's... Yeah, and I think with business in general, it's, it's important for every business to be able to have the ability to evolve. Mm -hmm. So you can be adept at, you know, one thing. And, and so for us, um, if you want to throw us into the category of diecast and radio control, that's our expertise. And, and, you know, that's what we're very knowledgeable about. Um, but we really try and expand that into other, uh, let's say, categories or, or product offerings, you know, as much as, as, much as we can. Um, but in trying to get into, you know, like, preschool or dolls or, or, or whatnot, you know, we also recognize that we have to continue to keep pushing forward as a, as a company to take steps in that right direction. So we bring in the right people with that knowledge, with that expertise, you know, knowing that that's not our strong suit, but maybe these people, you know, are able to guide us down the right path with mm -hmm. their experience. Um, and over time, then we kind of develop, you know, our, our, you know, what that, uh, category requires from us um, and, and things like that. So we, we don't want to, we never want to say like, we're going to give up on diecast and radio control. Oh, no, oh, yeah. definitely, no, definitely not. not. No, yeah. we, and we stay, we stay strong in that, that category. Yeah. Uh, but now because we've got such a hold on it, yeah. uh, now that affords us the ability to kind of go out and, and look at different categories and yeah. how we can develop ourselves within these new categories. Yeah, diecast is, is our foundation. You know, that's, that's where we know and we play in, whether it's figures or vehicles. But, you know, that foundation gives us the luxury to be able to try new things in different categories. Um, if they work, that's even better. It's, it's, it's icing. Um, if, it, if it doesn't work, we still have our foundation and we're, we're really strong with that. So, we, you know, we have, I, I think we're in a very good position, yeah. especially stress me now, you know, because, uh, you know, we have a lot of backing with the, the Simba Dicky group. So, yeah. So if you were, were to give somebody advice, which you would say, say to establish a foundation first into one thing. And then once that is solid, you have something to move on in order for you to be able to diversify? I kind of look at it, well, it, it depends, right? Because mm -hmm. there's two paths that you can go down with this question. Um, you can go down the path of like, if you're an individual person acquiring a skill. Yeah. Um, and then you can develop yourself as an individual person. 
or are you going to look at it from the perspective of the business where you're proficient in one area of a business, but kind of like what we were talking about, the goal is to always expand and, and continue to grow. And with that is comes like the business plans of, you know, you have your three-year plan, your five-year plan, all that stuff, and how you're going to continue to grow and expand. So I think there's two ways to look at it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think from a business perspective, uh, to have a, a true foundation of, of what you're good at, kind of like what Mike was alluding to, where diecast for us is always like our baseline. And as long as we take care of that, don't ignore it, it's it's a nice backbone for mm -hmm. us as, as far as business, which allows us then to go out and, and expand into other other product categories. Interesting. Hmm, I get that. I'm totally. Well, you know, and and then um, to expand upon that that further, you know, and so obviously when we're trying to market or to make product for for you know a diecast. Well, car, it's obviously very easy for us as far as just, you know, our process, the mentality of it. It's very easy. Well, to get into that well type of mode. But now that that we're more of a well-rounded toy company, is it harder now to try to get into that that well mindset to like, you know, to make a doll or to make a preschool school offering with that same type of enthusiasm? You know what I mean? Because like, you know, if you told me like I have to market a Supra, I'm all for it. Mm. But if you told me I have to have have to market, you know, some type of, you know, Hello Kitty offering, which which is cool and all. But me, you know, I'm a guy. Yeah. Masculine. I don't know too much Somewhere. about it. It would be be very harder. Well, maybe I am a Hello Kitty. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but like but like it would be kind of hard for me to get into like, you know, the mindset of like, okay, how do I get very creative with this, yeah, you know? Yeah. So have you guys had those challenges? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's natural. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you have to bring yourself down to that level to understand the mentality and perspective. Um, but how I look at it is just kind of like being a student of it all, really. Uh, to understand like where the trends are going relative to your industry um, and, and, and how you can impact that. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, what it does for you, I think, is it expands your overall uh, in individual portfolio mm -hmm. of your broad understanding within the toy industry in and of itself. So, yeah, for any of us, I'm pretty sure we, we can all be like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. We, we know that like the back of our hand. Um, but sometimes the best way to, to grow is to challenge, right? Find that challenge, yeah. find unique and creative ways of how you can do it. So, I mean, you and I have run into this, um, since we've acquired the license, but Ryan's world, you know, he's, he's what, seven, seven year old kid or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Eight year old, he's getting older, but he's like <laughs> the biggest YouTube, um, kid reviewer, kid influencer, whatever you want to call him. Sensation. Yeah. But when I'm there watching his YouTube videos, you know, or, or trying to watch his YouTube videos, it's hard for me to understand because we're just not in that different, we're in a different mindset that or mentality. generation is like, how do, why is that generation so into that kind yeah, of stuff? So we for, don't understand it. For us, we're watching that. We're like, oh my gosh, we have to sit through like yeah. 10 minutes of this. But then you, you, once you're able to peel that back and then you try to understand why, and then you kind of tailor different strategies to it, I think that's where it becomes pretty fun. 
because now it's no longer, you've already got that previous part of trying to understand out of the way. Yeah. Now uh, you're trying to develop a creative, uh, strategic approach different from what we know. Yeah. And that's what I, like, like you said, making it fun is, is, is that's what it does. Yeah. It, it brings you out of your routine a little bit. That's, your comfort you know, zone. Yeah. In a way. It, it's, that's exactly the same reason why we like to go out to shows and do things and come do a podcast outside maybe because it just changes up the breaks environment. It, yeah. it breaks it up a little bit and makes it, it keeps it interesting. Um, you know, cause if we're doing the same thing day in and day out and, and we get a handle on it and we're professionals at it, it, it becomes mundane. It, it's, you know, it, it's boring after a while, but because of these new things that are coming through, it, it allows us to, ch to change it up a little bit. And that is more along the lines of the individual aspect to the question yeah. that you were asking beforehand, right? Yeah. It's just as a, as an individual, because we can stick with what we know and what we're comfortable with all day and we can get really, really good at it. Um, but again, to your own individual resume, you can continue to add and expand within that category or field. Yeah. So in this case, I'm just speaking purely from a marketing perspective, right? So, so like, and also, so now from a different perspective, when you're hiring people, you kind of um, have an idea of where you wanted the company to go. So when you hire people, you kind of think about, okay, I, I need a person who knows vehicles, but then also probably has some experience with preschool toys or or action figures or or pop culture. So you look at that kind of person to bring in, so they can bring that that knowledge and that experience with them. So it's not that transition from doing one thing to something totally new is not as harsh. Mm. It's a it's a it's a it eases into because you're able to tap into that person's experiences and and uh, and knowledge. So especially with like designers, like the designers I we have here. Uh, we have people who are our, our car guys, some people who aren't, um, you know, like, for example, June, when he came in, he was, you know, just a, a, a toy designer who did action figures and he didn't know cars so much, but he was able to learn it enough. But now that, you know, and he comes into a toy company that's all about cars. Uh, but now that he is, you know, we're expanding into more action figure type stuff, he can bring that knowledge that he learned in school and uh, use it to to help our pro our development for that category mm. yeah it's very valuable wow well wow. i'm really glad that i'm not not in charge of hiring <laughs> because, <laughs> because i would just be like hey so uh so are you a fan of maserati <laughs> and if they say yes then i'm like not hiring <laughs> do you like 350 z's yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what's the right answer but i'm just giving him that look <laughs> oh that'd be horrible so i mentioned june june is the the director of uh, product development for the figures and and preschool and some girl products and things that like, there's we should bring him on one time yeah we'll have if him he's on comfortable with it yeah he's, he's a little quiet like he's not quiet but when he talks he talks like this his voice is literally three times as deep as vin Diesel's voice yeah but <laughs> just a lot more quiet yeah <laughs> we got to bring that he's a clip. character yeah he's yeah. a character definitely well, that's all I have for today's episode, guys. Do you have anything else that you want to add? Um, no, I think I'm good. Comic Con, Comic Con again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Comic Con. Three weeks. Yeah, I think. Yeah, three, three weeks. Jeez, man. Yeah. So we have Comic Con. So don't forget that yeah. that that for Comic Con, um, we will be selling an exclusive Black Chrome animated series Batmobile. Yep, one twenty four scale. Diecast figure comes in a pretty neat collector packaging. It's gonna we'll, be pretty cool. It we'll, looks awesome. Yeah, we'll be showing a lot of new product 
uh, at the at Comic Con as well. Uh, first time see, people are going to be able to see some of these things in public. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and which includes four inch, right? Four inch diecasts, metal figs. Metal yeah, figs. for every collector out there that's been following us for yeah. our uh, four inch, six inch figures, we're going to have a lot of new things to show out there. So that's that's pretty exciting. Yep. And again, I said it last week, and some of y'all. Well, didn't pay attention. Don't put our stuff on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> it's already on eBay. They don't even have it in hand. They already say it's kind of cool, though. It's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I mean, to know that that secondary market is out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as soon as I posted it, or, or as it's been posted on on social media, all my friends have been hitting me up, and they're not like collectors of this kind of stuff. They're like, "Yo, this is a pretty cool piece. You yeah, gotta, you got to get me one." I'm like. I can't get you one. <laughs> you got to buy it, dude. Yeah. We only yeah. got 300. Yeah. Okay, 300. <laughs> right. Spread out across four days? Four days. Right? Four yeah. days. Is that yep. five with preview? preview so we are night? selling on preview. Yeah. So the, 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 the so far, the deal is we're selling on preview night. We're going to sell all week. Um, if they move too quickly, we're going to throttle it back and, and put a limit on how many are sold Per day yeah are we and so yeah there's a lot more details to, to forthcoming but yeah um yeah well we're getting there we're excited it's personally one of my favorite shows that we do in the year yeah i, I mean think I, so, I think too. it's it's cool to be around that kind of atmosphere i love the san diego area anyway <laughs> so definitely i'm there yeah i plan i'm to be wearing my uh my my short shorts and tank top because you know San Diego summertime, it's hot out. So, uh, well, they're not that sh look, but they're gym shorts, but they look good. Whatever, you, you guys know what I'm saying. If you're into dangling berries, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> says the guy that got a he man, uh, he man, he man fanny pack. pack. Mm, I should yeah. do an episode. You should you got that yeah. on, with just that on. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Peace out, Mike. Daryl, Jordan, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.